Ladies and gentlemen, hello. Welcome back. This is episode four of the how-to podcast series brought to you by Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. My name is Will Tarashek, the founder of Ambiguous Podcast Solutions, as well as the man behind the board, Mr. Christian Wright, the founder of Cube Recording Studios. Christian, how are you? Doing well, man. Ready to jump into it. Ready. And, um, this episode, you know, tell us tell us what we're going to be talking about here. Well, today is all about our equipment, which is the software. Last time we did all the hardware, we showed you all the microphones, some we sell, some we don't, uh, different accessories, things to do. Today is how you use all that equipment and uh, what goes with it. The other half of equipment is software. So hardware is physical things. Software is like programs, stuff on your computer. Um, so if you're doing a solo podcast, we can just get started right here right now. Um, editing software. If you're doing a solo podcast, you can get away with a USB mic um, and either one of the softwares uh, that we're going to list down below, being like Adobe Audition, Audacity, GarageBand, Pro Tools, or some other things. We're going to look at different softwares like that, as well as online applications you can use for recording and editing. Um, so we're going to break all those down. Uh, Christian, what's your go-to is Pro Tools, correct? Yes, um, absolutely. Pro Tools has stood the test of time and, in fact, is it's the standard in audio recording. Mm. Um, and the reason that is, is that because just like other standards of things, standard practices, every DAW, digital audio workstation, lower third maybe, um, is based that. off of Pro Tools. How does it match up with Pro Tools, which is considerably the greatest DAW audio workstation of all time? Um, all the specs are there. The capabilities are there. Originally, DigiDesign, the original company before Avid bought it, um, they created virtual instruments in 1983 and they released Pro Tools in 1991. So I'm talking right when digital, they were the leader. And they continue to be the leader, and it's not only just because it's the oldest and it's the first to get to market, but the specs oftentimes are superior to other DAW programs, tons of functionality. You can do everything from uh, recording, mixing in stereo to 7.1 surround sound. You can even edit video in Pro Tools, which people don't aren't really aware of. But great program. We could talk about that a little bit more later. Yeah, well, we'll we'll go into detail, but first let's kick off because that's also we'll get into pricing and all that stuff too. But free software, there are free softwares out there that are available um, over the internet. You can record audio for you. However, they're not always the most reliable. Um, I'd say it's good for a solo podcast that doesn't include guests, <laughs> really, an internet connection, because um, you can just do it by yourself. And it's like the the, the P. Remember the P stands for personal or professional. If this is the personal podcast, you must want a free software to start out. A good one is Audacity. Audacity is a free option. It's essentially the free version of Adobe Audition, which is one I use. Um, it can record, edit your podcast, uh, record and edit in multi-track, which is also huge. Um, really, the only thing I just dislike about Audacity is just physically how it looks. Or digitally, how it looks. How oh, it it's, looks. It's it's the worst. It is. It's bizarre. Looks it's, like uh, Windows ninety eight. It looks like it was made in ninety eight, and they just never updated how never, it looks. Never. Uh, I mean, do you know what it is about Audacity? It's you know we're talking about free programs here. Yeah. It's I believe. Don't quote me on it, but I believe it is open source. That sounds correct. It is an open source audio program where it has all the you know a lot of the functionality of you know some of the paid ones obviously not on the same level of quality but mm -hmm. you know you can multi-track you can you can record you can you can do basic stuff in there 
Yeah. But it, it looks horrible. Open source. Yeah. I'm going to show screenshots. They're not, they're not in it to make money. They don't need to make it, you know, pretty. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it is a great program. Otherwise, yeah, it does look 98. Yeah, see? Here, it's right here. Look at this. It's terrible. Um, but for what it is, it's a great free program. Like, if anyone's just trying to get started in podcasting, let's go. Just download Audacity. It works for Windows and Mac. There's essentially no difference on which OS you use it on. Um, but Christian, explain what open source means and why that can actually mean, what that can mean for, like, I guess, audio editing or DAWs. So open source essentially is, it is a product, it is a software that the back end of it, the code, I don't know if you guys have ever accidentally clicked something while you're on your internet browser and this whole window <laughs> yep. of code pops it's like open. It's yeah, like, ah, damn it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot more complicated than that, but essentially what it is, it's the back end coding of the software is embedded into the, it's all embedded into every software, but you can actually access it. So mm -hmm. it basically means any coder, anybody who comes along who wants to upgrade the program, which is probably why it hasn't been upgraded. Maybe it just wasn't of interest to, you know, to people. Um, they can come along, copy that code, put it into their software, building software. I'm not, I'm not aware of what those softwares might be. Uh, you know, Python, SQL, all these things. Um, but they can expand upon the program and make it better. So what that means is, is that it's improvable by the public. And if you wanted to reverse engineer it, you could easily go into the open source code, open source, you know, code and, and update it. But what that means for you as a podcaster doesn't really mean much. Does the program work for you? Um, does it not? Is there room for improvement? It won't be um, probably scheduled and regular. Like if you, you know, paid for another program that wasn't open source or was a paid service. So definitely something to keep in mind if you're looking for the latest features. Well, you might have to wait around a little while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, if it's if it's looking for something for free and you just need it for yourself, uh, great. Highly suggest it. Now, if you're doing in-person interviews as well, another great tool is to also Audacity. I'm not sure how it would work. Um, I would need to test this out if I if I can record on multi-track, how I record on multi-track with Audition. But if you're going to record a multi-track and spend extra money on the equipment, you might as well spend an extra money and get an Adobe Audition or Pro Tools or even a GarageBand. Um, yeah, free software, super useful if it's, a, if it's a personal podcast, solo podcast, or even something that's in person. Um, but once you go past that, you might as well just pay something. Uh, my go-to is Adobe Audition. It's my pick. It's what I learned first. Honestly, I'm a, PC, I'm a PC guy as well. I know Audition is available on Mac, but the Adobe Suite it doesn't run as smooth as it does on PC. Really? really? I think I think so. I mean, I I I use Premiere for um you yeah know, for, vi video. for video editing for video editing um in, Me photo too. in Photoshop um but yeah I've also used those programs back when I was a was a PC guy. Well, it's so. mostly it's mostly because like Macs Macs like their own software. Like when 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 uh Pro Tools was released was it released on Mac. No, originally? it was originally Mac, Mac wasn't around back then. Well, yeah, no, we're talking 1991, so I don't, I'd, I'd imagine it was a very early Linux, maybe early version of some OS. I mean, you know, if you go back far enough, you got MS DOS. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't run on. DOS. So, so somewhere along the line, Pro Tools became the Mac standard. Like every Mac user used Pro Tools. Yes, and it, it, that's not because it was originally released on Mac. I'm pretty sure. Uh, you know, we could, I could look that up. You, you, you keep going. All right. So back, back to Audition. Yeah, Audition is is my go-to. Uh, it's a software. Is it's one I use for all my editing. It's one I use for my recording. It's what I learned first. It's what I learned in college. 
Um, and I just stuck with it. It records, it edits, it mixes. It does so many different things that I don't even use on it. I use it in the most, I'm not going to say basic, but in terms of like an editor like Christian or like an actual editor who makes like mix and masters like movies or music or songs and stuff like that, I use it in most basic of function for podcasting. I, I love their effects racks, which is mainly what I do for my podcast. It's like once I get a raw piece of audio, I throw a few effects racks on it that has like a D, uh, um, denoiser and, and just a few things like that, normalizing the audio and recording in multi-track. Mm. Recording in multi-track is huge. You can do anything you can think of in audio editing and mixing on Adobe Audition. It's it works great for newbies. It works great for experienced pros, and it's great for it's great for learning. They're um one thing I will say about Adobe that they do the best is their customer support is excellent. Their customer support is incredible. They're that's on, that's important. Yeah, because if I have a, if I have an issue, I just go to Adobe.com, go in their chat feature, and just tell them what it is. Within 15, 20 minutes, it's usually solved. Um. Like, Christian, maybe it would actually help me out with this one. Mm. So, I record on multi-track yep. um, with the Kings of Rings podcast. Yep. And after 45 minutes of recording perfect audio, yes. the audio gets all crackly and staticky. And by the end, it's just like, <laughs> it's, un, you, it's unintelligible. At all. At all. Mm. So Sounds like a sample rate issue. It might be. A, really? Okay. Interesting. Because what they'll tell me to do is they tell me to clear my cache and reinstall it, which sometimes works, mm. but sometimes it doesn't. And it only happens on my desktop, my tower. But if I do, do it my- Do you have a good amount of RAM? 32 gigs. Yeah, I got plenty of RAM. I've had that happen to me in the past when I was using a smaller, not so good interface. Mm. I'm using the Roadcaster. Okay. Yeah, it's like it, it, it. The fact that it only happens on my PC and not this like this HP laptop in front of me, mm. it records just fine on the I HP. I'd have to look at because I remember when I was having the issue, I was able to fix it. I'd have to look into that. So you know, you could have if uh, I had to more guess, than more than forty five minutes of perfect. If audio. I had to guess, I'm gonna blame Skype because I hate Skype. Uh, you're on. You're on Skype. We're on Skype, so all my audio is going through Audition as well as Skype. Hmm. But either way, I can reach out to audition and within twenty five minutes. It'll be fixed. They have these weird fixes, and they're very, very helpful. Yeah, um, good, good customer service is very important if you're if you're new to the game. Mm-hmm. Where like some other platforms, say Pro Tools, for example, um, people that typically use Pro Tools kind of are, have the know how because it's a professional, you know, yeah, it's, it's, pro. it's an industry standard. They put for, the Pro in Pro Tools for, for recording studios, exactly. So um, customer support's not great. Um, it's it's it is great. However, you actually have to pay to. Uh, to yeah, no. Same with audition. You have to pay. Same with audition. You got. See, you get, I, I, if you don't pay, we, we you don't could get, get it, We could get into a whole conversation about that. I don't. I don't like that. You know, if you're paying a subscription, you should be able to. You know, customer support should be built into whoa, the wait, subscription. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! The customer support isn't built into subscription. No, that's absurd. You have to. I that's think, absurd. I think it's twenty or thirty dollars for a ticket. That is and you absurd. Have, and you have a certain amount of time. It's one of the things I'm actually upset upset about with Avid because this was never a DigiDesign thing. So uh, Pro Tools got bought out by another company. Damn. Yeah. Damn. The program's still amazing. But, you know, customer support, it's like. Yeah, no, customer, customer support you can You can email them, but they their, their timeline for getting back to you is a lot longer. Yeah. It's like two weeks as opposed to if you paid a ticket, it's like same day. 
you know that their their chats their chats are incredible. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I'm still kind of figuring that out. Mm. You know, there are some things. There is a bit of a learning curve with Audition and as well as Pro Tools. Like you do kind of have to know what you're doing. You can learn. Adobe also has these learning guides. So like once you once you download it and open a program, you'll be like, hey, watch these videos, learn how to use it. Super useful. Mm. I taught myself After Effects and um, I started with Illustrator and a few others. I think. Um, not Photoshop. It was a different one. I don't remember. But I, I used those Pick, tutorials uh, and followed along. <laughs> and it's super useful. And it's all on their website. And you can also go to YouTube. And there's plenty of people to help you out there. Um, but like multi-track, the multi-track feature is the best to me. Because I can record uh, stereo audio, which means all of... Well, it's a mixed audio. So it's all of the like underlying channels so just in one file. It's also an individual mono channel for myself. It's an individual stereo channel. For my uh, host co-hosts, either in person or on the internet in Skype or Zoom, and then it's an additional channel for any sound effects from my uh, Rodecaster Pro, which is super important. Now, only certain interfaces will let you go with the multi-channel on Audition, which is bizarre. Like Christian, you know, I had like an actual like mixer, not an interface, it's an actual mixer, mm. and it wouldn't let me record in multi-channel, and I never knew why. So I don't know what the roadcaster has that the other interfaces or other other mixers don't. So what what enables something to be able to record in multi-channel in the in the interface? Well, typically mixers are not. They're not for. They're typically not for you know recording. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're typically for live music. They have they have. So be no, so there would be no sense to split them up. Then. Right. I mean, they they they, they have features that allow you, you know, like people like DJs who would you know plug into a computer, uh, virtual mix DJ kind of thing where they have the mixer and they that's how they're doing things. But typically, mixers aren't for, um, uh, you know, home recording. They're for for live music. And I don't blame you because at one point I used a mixer until I until I learned that interfaces were the way to go. Um, I don't know exactly the technical specs, but I would imagine it's just having separate, you know, clearly separate channels inside of the box. That's probably what it is then. You know? Yeah. Some of them probably meant to be like played and then summed into yeah. a stereo channel that flows into the computer. I also just love the interface of what, like live music. <laughs> of, of of audition. Like mm. the green, how everything's green. I don't know the, why. The, the gooey. The gooey. Like it's important. You you can't you can change that color to like be orange or red or whatever, but I just like the green. Customization. The custom the customization's great. Customer support's great. Um, and the learn there is a bit of a learning curve, but you can teach yourself, and it's great. So I would suggest audition. It's about $23 a month for the individual. But at that point, if you're doing video, you can pay, I think it's $53 a month for the whole suite, which is totally worth it. Um, I'm a big fan of Adobe. Adobe's good. But from there, other free ones, GarageBand. Um, GarageBand specifically for Mac. Now, I know GarageBand is an option, I have very, very, very little experience doing it. I did it probably about half a dozen times uh, for, for on a job site using a little mixer, two microphones, and GarageBand, and somehow I got to record on multi-tracks. I don't remember. Is this the settings were weird? The interface was a little weird. And to me, GarageBand is more of music mixing and like making like songs and stuff like that. Not necessarily for podcasting, whereas like, Audition or Pro Tools, it can be used for podcasting specifically, but it's also used for these other things. I feel like GarageBand specifically used for music, but can also be used for podcasting. It's a little backwards. Kush, mm. any experience with GarageBand? Yeah, because being a Mac guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, first song, first good song, I'd say I, I made was on um, 
GarageBand. I feel that realistically, you know, to make a podcast, you don't need a lot of features. You right. need to be able to multi-track. Um, and that's that's pretty much it. Um, I think GarageBand is uh, is a feasible option. If you if you have a Mac, you don't got to get anything else. It's already on the computer. Um, I do to 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 your point, Will. Um, there are a lot of other features. There's loops. There's things, but you don't got to touch that stuff. So yeah. you know, if you want to kind of just keep it simple, you just you know hit record. Yeah, like I would I would I would suggest it to you if you are a musician. You in the music world, you already use it, and you're looking to start a podcast. There's no need to buy something else or use something else. If you already use it, use it for podcasting. Pretty much is my is my advice. If you know how to use it, um, but it's free. If you're a Mac user out there and you want to give it a shot, try it out. Also, a quick uh, back to audition, real quick. You gotta make sure your RAM. You have at least eight gigabytes of RAM in your computer, otherwise it will not run properly. So that is important. Uh, Pro Tools. Let's go over the Pro Tools again, Christian. Yep. Um. This go like specs, like the basic specs for your computer. Like, what do you say? Eight gigs of RAM, pretty much for Pro Tools. Sounds about right. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say you you could run it on four, but it depends on. You couldn't do much else though. Well, the thing is, if if you're not going to be doing a ton of processing, you know, using a lot of plugins and things, then four will work. But I think really, if you're going to be recording any audio, you should really try to start at about eight gigs of RAM. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. If you're doing any basic podcast production, and most laptops nowadays will come with eight. You know, back when I started in 2015, eight wasn't, it was common, but it wasn't as, it wasn't, the, it wasn't the basic. It wasn't like the floor, right? Nowadays, I think eight is probably the floor uh, for most laptops. It's because computing itself requires more power. So the basic minimum of computers is more power. So yeah, yeah I would say eight gigabits of RAM. Uh, graphics card really doesn't matter for audio editing. They're, uh, an average Intel i5 processor core for your CPU should be fine. Mm. You know, if you want to do a little more, you can get an i7. Um, but the base should be an i5, should be just about fine. And I don't know what that would be for AMD, but um, yeah, just Google it. Like also, like any any program you use, a Pro Tools or an Audition, uh, you go to their website, they will have like the required specs and the recommended specs for the computer. You can go in your computer settings, whether it's Mac or PC, and check those specs and just cross-check. And and don't don't try to as much as you're gonna want to just get started. If you're below the specs, it, it might be worth upgrading. Yeah, it will not work. You don't want to be in a situation where you're in the middle of recording something and it says overload. Yeah. Check check HW buffer size is you know typically what it might say. Um, or your computer's running hot and it just crashes. Yeah, or you, you, you get the blue screen you, of death. You've run out. Ugh. You've run out of RAM. You don't want to get these alerts, especially in a, you're in the middle of something, especially if you're doing a podcast that involves two people. Yeah. Um, or two or more people. So um, definitely go and review those specs and, you know, try to have a computer that's up to par. Yeah. You don't you don't need a supercomputer, but you just need some 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 minimums. Especially for audio. You don't need a supercomputer. Video, a supercomputer helps. Absolutely. Like a supercomputer will definitely help for video. Like I'm going to upgrade my graphics card. Uh, by the end of the year, and exporting is going to be so much faster. We're going to have right now. I have eight gigs of RAM in my graphics card. I'm going to bump up to 24, so it's going to be three times faster, mm. which is going to be excellent. Should I tell them about? Should, should I tell them about this bad boy? Yeah, tell them about your computer. Cause like, well, the computer you run is absurd, and it's like it can cover anything and everything you it need is, ever. It is absolutely absurd. It is. It has 64 gigabytes of RAM, 3.5 gigahertz, eight core Intel. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mine's 12 core. Uh, 3.5? 
Maybe it's probably like two point six or something. Let's see if we gotta add our add our numbers up. I'll I'll, do I'll go home and I'll go home and check. But sixty four gigs of RAM. That's uh you know I got thirty two. I'm going into like I could CIA firewalls <laughs> <laughs> type of stuff. But um yeah, check your specs, guys. Yeah, and if this is all confusing to you, all this computer talk, use an Audacity or GarageBand or other free tools like a Squadcast or a Riverside, which we're going to get into the, in a little that bit. That will not need as much computer resources. Yeah, and all that is built into their softwares. Um, and if you do know what we're talking about, great. Power to you. If you're a business, hire someone who does, mm. essentially. Um, like, if you're a business, I would definitely su suggest a Pro Tools or an Audition whether Adobe, you know, Avid, those are those are go to names for a reason. Yeah. So, Christian, what's your favorite part, your favorite feature that Pro Tools has that others do not? I like that you can use it for it's not one particular feature. I like that you could use it for anything. You could use it for recording, mixing, mastering in stereo to surround sound. Um, you can do you can do movie work in Pro Tools. Mm -hmm. Um, you can also edit videos in Pro Tools. You can produce in Pro Tools. And the plugins that Pro Tools comes with in 2022 are, they come with the program and they're, you know, they're just as, you know, arguably some of them are just as good as industry standards. So if you really need to do a crazy production, mixing and mastering video scenario or anything a combination of, you know, some of those things or all of those things, um, Pro Tools can handle it. It has a lot of headroom, not the level that's coming in on your meter on your interface. It, you know, it, it has a lot of headroom, meaning you can make things very loud in Pro Tools mm -hmm. if you needed to without clipping. We don't, we don't want clipping is digital distortion. Don't, don't want that. It sounds like a car wreck. Um, and this is the overall functionality. I do like that. It's like it's it's like the foundation. Like it was first. It's the one everyone copied. There's like every feature you could possibly need: time stretching, uh, changing pitch, um, you know, slicing things, uh, adjusting the individual level of a region or a word. You know, mm -hmm. you can get very very granular, very very granular, yeah. very surgical in the weeds. Other colloquialisms that I'm not thinking of right now. Well, when we get to our um, editing episode. Yes. Uh, we're going to have get, it going to nitty gritty of like what it means to denoise, declip, what does normalizing audio mean? Like pretty much like editing terms, mm. like what all that all means and how it can apply to a podcast. We're going to do all that. Um, so stay tuned for all that fun stuff. Uh, how expensive is Pro Tools? Is it monthly or one charge up front? So it used to be, man, the world that we're in now, everything is subscription based. Yeah, they're not let They're not letting you go. Um. Pro Tools has its tiers. So Pro Tools actually... Interesting. Extra interesting. What's interesting about Pro Tools, just recently, in the last two years, they released a free version. Extra, extra interesting. And it is called Pro Tools First. Same DNA of the full Pro Tools. How would it compare to an Audacity or GarageBand? It's Pro Tools, so it, it, it would blow Audacity out of the water. All right, so if we're recommending free or, software to people, Pro Tools free then would be the recommendation. Pro Tools first. Pro Tools first, and it's available on Mac and PC. Yes, and it's it's free. It The difference between Pro Tools first and the Pro Tools that I'm currently recording on, Pro Tools Ultimate, is just restrictions within the program. Mm. So that it's the same DNA. 
you know, it's uh, it's like having a, you know, a very expensive Porsche, but you can only drive to 50 miles an hour. You can only drive it locally. And what I mean, exactly what I mean by that is that you can't have an absurd amount of tracks with Pro Tools Ultimate. I think you can open up 768 tracks. Mm -hmm. It's like the, the limit. You're, you're podcasting, guys. You don't need 768 tracks. You would need four max. You, exactly. Yeah. And it, and it comes with, you know, less plugins and things like that. But for all intents and purposes, it's the same Pro Tools. Right. Uh, so that's Pro Tools first. Then there's a $30 a month one if you needed more tracks and, and you know, some of the extra features um, that you wouldn't need as a podcaster. And then there's the 80 to $85 a month one, which okay. is the heavy duty, you know, nothing can stop this thing. So the most features required for a podcast would probably be remember we talked about a narrative based podcast with like mm -hmm. sound effects and music and like voiceovers like a bit like an audio book but it's a podcast right could you do that on Pro Tools first yes awesome yeah all right so if you're out there the uh, APS suggestion for a free software is Pro Tools first it's all you would need and yeah. it's 100 percent free yeah it's free it's good stuff cool all right so now let's let's go over to it so if you don't want to um buy software and kind of a learning curve. There are other options out there where you can record uh, stuff like an Anchor, stuff like a Squadcast, Riverside, um, et cetera, et cetera. So let's kind of break down a few of those. Let's start with Squadcast. Now, full disclosure, I've never used it. Never heard of it. Never heard of it, but uh, I know it's an option, and I've I've heard I've heard it's an option. That's pretty much my, what my whole shtick about it is. Never, never actually used it. I just know it exists. So... Uh, I, I went on the website, I ran through their features, and basically they have local and cloud recording as well as an autosave feature. So, Chris, can you explain to me the difference between local and cloud recording? Local and crowd, cloud recording. So, are we, we're still talking about Squadcast? Yes. Okay. Because um, I know, I think the next thing we're talking about also has that as well. Probably. They um, do. They do. Yeah. Local and cloud storage. So, local, that refers to, so if you're if you're doing a podcast and it's video it's not just audio even if it is audio or if it's video basically if the the video or the audio is being recorded cloud-based then that means the quality of the audio and or video will, de will depend on the bandwidth of the people that are using it now if it's local that means and this is while you're recording it because you're you're making a podcast you're not just having a video chat here right you're recording it so if there's any skips or breaks in audio that will be apparent to the other person on the other side but okay that's only one half of the pie when you finish the podcast you hit stop recording and you go to check it out and you're like okay what do we got what's the quality with local local recording, that means it is recorded on your machine, respective machines. The person, you, you yourself, the other person on the other end of the line. And um, once you're done, it stops recording. It saves the file locally on your computer. And then it uploads. And then you see, you know, that's the final product as opposed to it being cloud-based and all of those skips, if there are any skips, depending on the internet connection of either of you, um, they won't be there. So that's the the major benefit to um, having it local as opposed to you know cloud based. I definitely prefer local recording. Like all my recordings are local. Was that clear? Was that was no. That was very clear. Okay. That was very clear. Especially the skips part. I didn't know about the skips part. So local recording locally to me is huge because it. I I would rather rely more on the. I would rather apply more pressure to the machine than the internet connection. 
that makes sense. Like, I'd rather have a stronger machine to handle the load as opposed to relying on internet connection because anything can happen. And every, it, and every person you're podcasting, you know, you don't know the specs of their internet connection. Yeah. You might have a super router right next to you. Doesn't mean that they do, you exactly. know, unless you're going to do that much due diligence and send them a router every time you do a podcast <laughs> with somebody. Um, you know, you, you're going to want to have it recording locally. Yeah. You know, for that final product to be smooth and seamless. And it, I, I, it's, it's a good backup, too. It's always it's always a good backup. Yep. Uh, but uh, Squadcast also records tracks separately, so everything will be in sync. That's essentially recording in multi-track. That's what a Pro Tools or an Audition already does, already has that feature built in. But they do it automatically, which is great. Um, that's a big feature. If you're looking for these online recordings, uh, soft platforms, that is something you definitely want to look for. It records tracks separately. So it's easier to edit as well. Uh, you can create templates for other meetings and reuse settings, which I think is also really cool. So say you have like a, like a typically you do a, th a three person interview, like a three person podcast, like me, Christian and a co-host. Mm. Um, but you also have episodes where it's just me and Christian. You can set up a template where it's two people and three people, or you can have templates for like different, like I'm assuming different designs. So like ambiguous podcast solutions has like the yellow bubbles background. Whereas talking with Tarish has the orange bubble background when we're um, recording remotely. So stuff like that is very, very useful. I thought that was a great feature to have. Um, team management on the back end, which is also really cool. So it's like me, it's my podcast. I am the owner of the podcast. I can assign team members to the job like an editor, right? And they can have special features to special access. Like I can only write the description. They can only download the audio, stuff like that. So if you're managing a team, also super useful for stuff like that. Uh, a green room for testing audio and video before you actually hop into the call, which I thought was really cool as well. Um, so if, someone, if someone's coming into your meeting, they can test before they actually go into the interview. Uh, I don't know. It's not like a huge difference, but it's really just optics more than anything else. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it, you've got something on your face maybe or, you know, maybe you want to adjust your camera a little bit or maybe your microphone's not working. If yeah. you're doing a, you know, a podcast, you want it to be as smooth, as seamless, as professional as possible. Having a place where people can check themselves beforehand um, can make a big difference. Um, so you don't have to, you know, spend 10, 15 minutes doing that beforehand. Person yeah. Come on it early. They could check themselves out. Make sure everything's good. You can make sure everything's good on your end. And then you, you could also have like a team member probably in that green room, green room. Like so, say like so uh, to assist. Yeah, to assist. So say say the podcast is with like I don't know the founder of a company like me. Like say I had a super fat ego and I was just kind of an asshole and like I was somewhat famous and my team wanted to make sure that the, once the guest hops in, they're ready to go. So like a member of my team could be in the green room testing their audio, getting them framed up, mm. making sure everything's good to go. So once they're in with me, it's no, there's no kinks. There's nothing to work out. Everything's ready to go. It's also super embarrassing. Like if I hop on a Zoom call and they can't hear me and I'm trying to figure it out, it's embarrassing. Mm. So a green one can kind of get rid of that. Yeah. Also, I thought was cool. Um, it's browser based. So there's no, nothing to download. It's everything is done online, which again has its perks and its flaws. The perk is. You know, if you have if you have like a regular laptop, if you have like an HP like I got with not the best specs, all you need is a good internet connection. And for the most part, you should be okay. But you're also relying on the internet connection. So if it's, something kicks out or you, you reach a schism, you're screwed. Squad uh, Squadcast records, uh, it's cloud-based? Yeah, yeah, it's both. Cloud, cloud uh, and okay. local. Cool, 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 cool. Gotcha. 
Uh, but I'm assuming you would need to download and use another app for editing. I didn't see anything in their package that had anything to do with editing the actual podcast. There's no like interface from you actually edit stuff on. So that was a big downside for me. Where it's just like, okay, I can record and record stuff on here, but if I need to get something else to edit it on, I could also record it on that. Unless your podcaster is super raw or you hand it off to an editor and they take care of it, that'd be my only guess. But it's just I'm an I'm an all in one guy. If something is all in one, I think it's more useful. Absolutely. So I am not saying you should or shouldn't use Squadcast. I'm just saying it is an option. Um, it is available in $20, $40, and $80 per month tiers. Mm. So you can go check out the website and check out like what the different tiers mean and this, that, and the other. Chris, what do you think of Squadcast just overall? Based off what um, you're saying, um, it sounds pretty cool. Um, and the major differentiator between the next platform we're going to speak on, I think, is the the um, fact that you there's no in-house um, editing features. Yeah. Um, which again, I think is is really important, especially if you're going to be charging, you know, eighty dollars a month. Up to eighty dollars a month. You know, I pay eighty dollars a month for Pro Tools. Yeah, <laughs> eighty five. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, that's just my two cents on that. All right. So the next one up is Riverside. Um, I have not heard one bad thing about Riverside ever. Again, I have never. So you, you heard it from me and and other people as well. Other people. Yep. Okay. Uh, I've had people ask me if I've used it, seeing what I think about it. Um, and they go back and ask them how it is. They love it. Everyone, I have, ne- okay, I promise you, I've never heard one bad thing said about this this platform. That being said, I have never used it because I don't need it because I have other, I have other avenues and ways of doing things. But anyone who uses it said it's fantastic. Um, so take that for a grain of salt to what it is. I used it. I used it once. What'd you think? Um, I thought it was interesting. I I loved. It was the first time I was introduced to the idea of local recording, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was great. Um, I love how you know it 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 had wave quality, wave wave quality recording, um, and I also loved the built-in editor, and I love how they basically when you come into the program, it as it has you be three different positions, either a guest, a host, or a producer. Mm-hmm. So it the implication is okay, you know these are the, these are the parts you're gonna have a producer, somebody who's gonna be assisting with the audio, with the video, kind of as we spoke to with the other thing, with the green room, someone involved making sure things um, go smoothly and what the producer can do, there's actually a button on there to click highlight. So basically you can create, you know, a lot of times when we create podcasts, we end up turning things into into social clips Mm -hmm. and things like that. There's a highlight button that helps you find those quickly after the podcast is over. Hmm. Like start, stop, start, stop. Like this is a highlight. Start, stop. I thought that was pretty, pretty cool too. So really cool. And it's uh, it's free. There is a free the, tier. The, the 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 free tier to me, in my opinion, is good enough. That's good. So like how I how I view it is like it takes it takes all the pros of Zoom, it takes all the pros of a Squadcast, it takes all the pros of a I think it's called, um, all oh, the names escaping me by Zencaster. It takes all the pros of a Zencaster, which I, in 2017 when I used it, I wanted to throw it out the window. I hated it. But since then, I've heard it's better. It takes all those like online web-based platforms, rolls it all into one, and just makes it the best of all worlds. So it also does video. 
right? It records the video in 4K as well, which... I think that may be the higher tier platform. Most definitely. I think I think it's 1080p for the free version. Which is still pretty which crazy. Is, which is still good. And you know what? Maybe 720, but still. It's yes, seven, if, it's I a, guess, if I had to guess, 720 it's, is standard it's, HD it's seven, it's on the seven, free it's tier. If I had to guess, the $15 is 1080p, which is HD, like high HD. Mm. And then the $24 a month tier is probably 4K, which is 3080p. Um. So yeah, really cool. I never really got that. What? Like why they they just round for the Ks. Well, we we could call it thirty eight k, four k sounds three better. Point, I mean three point eight k. It ain't it ain't four, man. It yeah, ain't it's like, four. It's, well, it's like when you buy when you but, buy. But, but the thing is, they kept it going. You know, they had two k, then they had three k. We we're up to five. My GoPro shoots in five k. That's really forty eight hundred pixels. Yeah, it's forty hundred pixels. It's like you guys, you know, maybe for the first time, but you you just round in here. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's like when they do it when it's, you, when you buy a hard drive, right? When you buy an SSD, when you, you buy know? an SSD and it's two terabytes, it's actually like one point eight four. Yeah, I don't, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I think that's because there's stuff on the actual drive that they can't, you can't delete, because otherwise the whole that, thing wouldn't that, work. That, that, that is the reason. So yeah, it's it's little little slimy, but they're See, technically not wrong. You know what I'm saying? If it's it's like with frame rate, sixty frames per second. That's it's sixty frames per second. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> which which we'll get into it. We'll know, get into a little we'll bit. But you did bit. mention records and wave files, which is cool. Like yeah, that's cool. Well, I could tell you something about waves. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. So break down the coolness of wave files. I'm gonna and after you do that, I'm gonna say why it doesn't doesn't matter at all. So break down why waves are cool. I know, I know where you're gonna go for it. So yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna build it up and then burst the bubble. Yep. All right. So wave files. Put that camera on you. Wave files. There has always been. It's like oh, you know, waves higher quality. Waves higher quality. No, people say that they don't really know what it means. It is factually higher quality i'll tell you why yeah it's it's irrefutable the human hearing range this is real scientific real nerdy stuff but it's 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 facts i audio engineer you know so i understand this stuff the human human hearing range is 20 hertz to 20,000 hertz arguably right now sound is made up of frequencies so a low sound is going to be higher than just different parts of the frequency range from here to here, 20 Hertz, 20,000 Hertz wave files. They have all of those frequencies, MP3s, depending on the quality of the MP3, it starts cutting off high frequencies. Mm -hmm. And I think it goes down to about, if you go to like an eight bit, you know, MP3, it'll go down to 12,000 as opposed to at a 20. Don't quote me on that number, but I'm pretty, I know it'll cut down to 16. It may go a little bit further, but basically you're losing high end. You're losing detail. Um, and that, that is what a wave is. You know, there's a steep fall in those frequencies after 16,000 where it just comes off like a cliff. They just get, get completely chopped off. Mm -hmm. And that's all I'll say about waves. Yeah. So wave, when you go to MP3. Yeah. Wave, wave files are higher quality. That's just a fact. That is an indisputable fact. However, they also create bigger files. The file much bigger. It's probably like double the size at least. If you record, nah, much more than that. Much really? So, more so than if, that. I, if I record an, an hour of audio, is about a hundred megabytes. Yep. It's a tenth of a gigabyte. How much would an hour of the same audio be in a wave? You mean MP3? MP3 to wave. Yeah. So an wait, hour. Wait, which, an, one, which one is a hundred? So an hour of MP3 is about a hundred megabytes. Okay, so you're probably at like one ninety two. Uh, sample rate. Okay. Okay. So, and, and what's that same audio in a wave? What's how how big is it? Three hundred. 
So three times the size then. Yeah, three hundred. Okay. You know, four hundred. It also depends on the sample rate, but yeah, you're you're looking at tri- probably you know double, triple times the size. Okay. So that means that yeah, it's triple. Yeah. So the reason why it doesn't matter is be- for podcasting specifically. It's just, it's just exclusively a podcasting thing. If you upload a wave file to an RSS feed, uh, it's gonna go in as an as a wave file. But once it gets runs through iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, or Anchor even, they're going to automatically compress the audio to MP3 quality anyway. They're trying, to save, they're trying to save server space, y'all. Exactly. And the reason they do that is because of server space. When you upload... And bandwidth. And bandwidth. When you upload to a distribution platform, it costs... The, the amount of downloads you get technically costs them money. Because it's using the server space. And it's it's getting and when it gets downloaded, it uses their server space. So the bigger the file, the ex- more expensive the cost is gonna be. Uh, Nash Nash can explain this a lot better than I can, but basically they de- they compress it from a WAV file to an MP3 file quality to save money. Think about it like physical storage. You know? Yeah. You could you know, I'm, I'll just say that. Yeah, physical physical storage. You got you got you have a cup this small versus you know a, a, a t- something this big, then you know it's going to be easy to store more of these. You're going to need to spend more money to get more space, and yeah. you know that's that's the game. And and people's internet connections there, it's it take it takes a lot to 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 hear a wave. You know, you're streaming a uh, 300 megabyte file as opposed to a 30 megabyte file. 50 megabyte file. Yeah. Uh, you know, big difference. It's big difference. Yeah. So you can record in wave. Like if a company tells you we record in wave, just be like, who cares? It doesn't matter. Because by the time you upload it, it's gonna be this this gonna be this gonna be so no, for, for podcasts. For podcasting. Yeah. Like if you're doing movies and stuff, yeah, wave files is definitely the way to go. Because they'll put the extra money in. But specifically for podcasting, you won't be able to hear the difference between a regular MP3 going through the RSS feed as opposed to a wave file being compressed into the RSS feed. It's gonna sound pretty much the exact same. Mm-hmm. Maybe a slight difference, but you have to know what you're looking for. You'd have to have a. You'd have to do it for a living. Yeah, ninety nine point nine percent of your audience would not be able to hit a difference. Exactly. So yeah, waves are cool, but for podcasting, it's not necessary. Uh, but also, um, Riverside also records on separate audio and video tracks, which is really cool. Oh, um, Squadcast didn't do that. No, I don't know if Squ- Squadcast. I think does video. They should. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I I liked how it was it was a multi-track. It was basically like having a DAW on a browser. Yeah, which is you know that's a lot of backend coding. I it love is it. a lot of backend coding. I love it. Uh, Riverside also local and cloud storage. We just went over that. They have a built-in editor, which is huge. So it kind of this adds an extra feature to a Squadcast because you can record and edit in the same platform, which is just like a DAW. Um, they have audio trans audio transcription, which is a great feature if it's accurate. I did not test that. I did not test that. Like, honestly, I have not met a good one. I have not seen a great one mm. because it's very hard. Because someone like me who talks fast and mumbles a little bit. Well, and, and you know, what about what about accents? Accents. You, yep. You know, proper nouns sometimes. I mean, slang. Like no yeah. one speaks like a complete robot. Yeah. You're going to say gonna, you're going to say wanna, you're going to say gotta, like all of these things. You're going to, you're going to like, if I say talking with Tara Shuck, a transcription service is not going to know what the fuck I'm talking about. Mm. (laughs) So 
Like, it's cool that it's in there. Adobe also has one. So I use one in Premiere. If you notice on our clips on TikTok or, 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 or YouTube shorts, or whatever, I do include subtitles. Uh, Audition does do an, uh, no, sorry, Premiere does do an auto transcription. But I go back and edit. They add periods where periods shouldn't be all the time. They make up words all the time. So, transcription service. Cool feature if it works well. My guess is it doesn't work well because it's probably very expensive to create. My guess. I don't know. That's my guess. Um, so, really cool if it works well. A team collaboration on their back end can divide between hosts, producers, and editors. Um and guests, as Christian said. Yep. And you can have up to eight people per session in a recording. So I guess that means you could have eight people on a panel. You could have two guests and like some PR reps. So like say like I'm interviewing um a C suite executive, or like a CFO, and someone from their team wants to listen on the podcast, they're allowed to. I could have them in the session. Up to eight people. Or like say someone on my team wants to listen in. Right, they can do that. You can, I guess, that's kind of cool because it's like you can have up to seven. Pe- like, if it's you and a guest, you can have up to six fans listening on your podcast. They just gotta make sure they're muted and their cameras off, which you can handle. You can do, um, so stuff like that is cool. You can utilize it and be creative with it. They also have screen sharing, which is like a Zoom feature. So if they're giving a presentation, they can share their screen, which is just a great feature for podcasting. It saves you editing work in the back ends. It's like if I could just not have to edit in B roll. And they can just screen share it and hit play. Great. That's super useful. Uh, they also have live streaming, which I did not know. Um, we're getting some pretty high, we're getting some, some, into some high tech stuff here. I'm, t- I'm telling you, man, this Riverside thing, it's uh, even with the, I mean, for 50, uh, even if it's not included in the fifth, in the free tier. I mean, I, I think some of the I don't, the the live streaming that might be fifteen dollars a month. That probably twenty four dollars a month. I mean, I, that's an exclusive service for sure. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I don't know. From but, what I remember, I think it I think it was actually part of the free tier. I mean, the thing is, this company they're trying to make it so there's no reason for you not to use their platform. Clearly, yeah. with yeah. all of the features, and they're very good at it. Yeah. Apparently, so live streaming is really cool. Um, as I wonder how that works though, because how many platforms can they distribute to? Or is it like an OBS where it can go to one and that one can be a restream? That I don't remember. I did look into it, but I don't remember what I saw there. Um, right. But either way, um, if you can go to one place, then maybe it goes to a place like Restream. Where yeah. Where that goes to multiple places. Yeah. I think they have a partnership or some, some sort. Probably. Mm. Uh, they can also do custom branding. So you can, how, how like we in our videos have our custom branding, our logos in here. You can do that on Riverside which people love. That's a great feature. Uh, they also allow for custom frame rates. Mm. So Christian, elaborate the difference between frame rates and what frame rates mean. Okay, you got me doing all the geeky stuff today. Hell yeah. Uh, frame rate. Frame rate is basically you have like 30 frames per second, 60 frames per second. All a frame is, all a video is, is a whole bunch of pictures, 30 or 60, taken per second to represent motion so 60 frames per second means you have more pictures and therefore more detail and therefore more accuracy with the motion instead of you take one of those flip books where it's like yep except you get 60 of them so you get a full range yeah it's, it's of the, motion the, the motion is basically how smooth do you want the video to be riverside 
evidently can customize that for you to tell your camera to do 30 frames per second or 60 frames per second. Could I do like 45 frames per second? I've never heard of 45 frames per second. All right, so it's like they have like in tiers. Like anything, we're, we're, we're doing, I think we're doing 30 right now. So we, the, the, the standard's 30. The standard is 30. Or it's like even it's, it's, like, it's like 29.9 or something. It, it, yeah, and it's very rare to see 60 frames per second. There's actually, I saw one movie with it, a Will Smith movie that came out on Netflix not too long ago. The one he's a cop with like the blue alien. Yeah, it's the one Something where like he's that. like fighting his self, his younger self somehow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of people complained about the way the movie looked because it it, it it seemed too real. It looks weird. It it looks almost three dimensional. Like the Hobbit movies. I haven't seen that. Back Hobbit. in twenty thirteen. They yeah. were they were filmed, I think, in sixty FPS and people said it looked really weird. It look it looks weird. Yeah. It does like on camera it looks because they're so used to ninety. Oh not sorry, not thirty. But thirty, yeah. So sixty looks a little different. Oh yeah, it's like like on Monday Night Football, they have those eight the eight K cameras, and mm. it looks so detailed. But like the background's a little blurred because it looks so real. Right. Like WWE uses them too, because like Fox has the as a as a um, as a partnership with them. They're really cool. They look amazing, but it takes some getting used to. It takes your eye. It takes your eyes. I mean, because if used you're if you're, I mean, a camera is an eye. If you're looking at yeah, it's a lens. <laughs> you're looking out of your eyes into something that is starting to resemble what your eyes sees. It starts to seem like it's just actually there in front of you, and you're not watching something. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, but that's 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 all about frame rate. All right. Similar thing with with uh, sample rate, but we can get into that. Um, yeah, that's 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 an audio editing thing, which yeah. is uh, a few episodes later. And it also doesn't matter. Yeah. because of what it's going to get boiled down to. Interesting. That's good to know as well. Mm. Um, so then, yeah, uh, uh, trend. I must have transistor. Um, Riverside also has a mobile app. So, is uh, it that's a game changer? Is it only on the phone, or is it downloaded on the computer? So, I don't know if it has a downloadable desktop version. Yeah, that was the I, one thing that confused me. I used me. it on the browser. I use it on Google Chrome. Um, but I do like how it does have a mobile app. Like if, if I had to do all of these features First, on my phone, I would lose my mind. Yeah, but the thing is, maybe you your guest doesn't have a webcam. Yeah, and they could just be on their phone. And they could just be on the phone. And we're talking about phones in 2022. Yeah. You know, they, crazy megapixels and, you know, all of the stuff. Um, I think that's 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 really helpful. Mm. It's really helpful. So yeah, Riverside, uh, if you think that's for you, go check it out. It's in free, $15 and $24 a month tiers. Uh, as of recording this, as the platform grows, it's going to go up, and, and the features are going to be less and less. It's riverside.fm, so if you go looking for .com, you're not going to find it. Yeah, .fm. So, yeah. yeah, cool. That's that's all the software. Um, I did add um, Roadcaster Pro or similar interfaces. I should have put this in the hardware section, but since we're talking about recording, um, it makes sense here. So I have, as in the last episode I showed, the Roadcaster Pro. It's uh, a mixer slash interface, which I guess you call it, what, an interface or a mixer? I would call... It's a little bit of both. It's like a hybrid. Because it has the knobs in, like, the, 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 the sliders this, and the knobs. Are these motorized? No. They're uh, manual. Okay. Um, it looks like it's designed specifically for podcasts. It is. So I can't throw shade at it, even though I want to. I want to, because uh, mixers, <laughs> they're usually not designed for, for you know... Um. For 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 recording. Yeah, it is made specifically for podcasting. We're, like, uh, we're gonna go like in depth all the different features, like you over my shoulder going through different features. Once we, once I show you exactly, what I would it does, also, it's I will, cool. I will also explain why interfaces. Now, this looks like it's probably actually, it's actually a hybrid. 
Okay. Um, but I'll also go into um, why interfaces are better than mixers as opposed to just telling you that mixers aren't for recording typically. Well, technically, that's it. the episode before, so technically we already did it, even though we haven't recorded it yet. But it's a little inside baseball. Okay. So, well, we have and will get into that. <laughs> yeah. We're ridiculous. Time machines. All right, yeah. So the Vodecaster. Um, I use it as a backup. So the thing about this thing is it has it has internal recording capabilities. It lets you do everything you would need with the push of a button. So theoretically, I could go to someone's office with the Roadcaster and two mics, not need a computer, not need a software, not need anything. Just press record, and it's going to record for me. It records locally on the mixer. Now, it does, re- does require a micro SD card. There's a little micro SD slit in the back. Um, which is sold separately. I think mine's like 32 gigabytes. Um, and you can transfer them from the stand from the uh, SD card onto a computer using the interface itself, which is an app on your PC or Mac. And you just put the mixer into the interface into transfer mode, and it transfers everything over. It records in wave. Here's the way I don't like about it. It records in wave files. Ugh. Yeah, ugh is right. I hate high quality. But there's a few ugh though. So. The mixer slash interface has 14 available tracks um, in like the left and right ear. So it's like left and right ear for the mic one, one through four. And then it's like left and right ear for uh, Bluetooth, phone, uh, USB, and the sound bar. Right? Now, say I'm just using the USB, which is like a Zoom call. And my mic, which is channel one, it will record all of them. And it'll just be blank. So like I upload the file into Audition, and it's like 14 tracks for one file. Wait, what? I'll show you. It's weird. It's very weird. That's why I use it as a backup. 14 tracks for how many files? One. It's like it's one file, but it's like I gotta I gotta manually unclick the L and R's so I can get this what I want, copy and paste to a new track. It's bizarre. It's weird. You you can't just record in mono? It sounds like each track you're recording is in stereo. It is in stereo. Yeah, so everything's in stereo. But it's like, so there's four tracks for the mics, right? Uh, but say I have two, three, and four turned off and the faders are down, it will still record those faders, those tracks. Just be blank. There's no, you can't not... There might be. I'm not sure. Well, because... Wait, I've, been it, trying, I've been trying wait, to figure wait, it out. From my understanding, it records locally on the machine and then it transfers? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you might need to bust out the manual for that one. Yeah. So it's... But it's, I, I do see... I was reading the specs on it. Um, thing is pretty impressive spec-wise. Um, up to par with a lot of industry standards. Um, it does say that you can just plug it into your computer via USB as opposed to correct. feeding it yeah. through a micro SD card. You can. And if you do it that way... I'm ninety percent sure you won't have this problem. No, I don't. I, I that's I use it in my computer and I record on multi-track and audition. Okay, but yeah. as a backup, as a backup, in case like like I'm having the, like the crackling issue on audition, mm. so I'm doing it as a backup locally on the mixer. Mm. Or let's say like uh, I'm I'm on I'm on I'm on Zoom, and I'm bringing my video feeds into VMix on my desktop. I gotta record on my laptop. Because I gotta do an audio, uh, a virtual audio input, which means I can't get recorded on the desktop. So I record it on the mix on the laptop and do a backup locally on the mixer. Mm, okay. But after 32 minutes of recording, it creates a new file. 
Which is also I don't like. Don't like that. Don't like either. So I got but, but, but they, everything's in sync. Everything lines up. So I just gotta put the files next to each other. It's just extra steps for no reason. So you could do this as a podcaster. Just know you're gonna annoy the hell out of your editor because you're gonna give them like like eleven gig. I say it's an hour. You're gonna give them like eleven gigabytes of audio of wave of wave of files, wave stereo files. Right. So if it's if it's an hour and a half podcast, they're gonna get like six files, and it's gonna be annoying. So I would not recommend it. It's great as a backup. And you can't edit on the interface. You gotta use an audition or whatever. So you need to, and you gotta piece it together. So that's all that. That's all of our equipment. That's all of our software. If you find one that works for you, uh, try it out. Let us know what you think. And uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Next episode, we are going into we are one step closer to production. We're gonna talk about planning out your first episode what your very first episode should be, how to start an intro, the art of the intro, how to create a good intro, the one you've heard on all the Talking with Tarashek podcasts, the difference between a cold open like you've heard on this podcast, the difference between a pre-recorded intro, which you've heard on most of my podcasts, and the difference between a combo of both, which is what I do on basically all of my podcasts. We're talk about music, music beds, talking over music, how I do my intros, and uh, what your basics of a first episode should be introducing your podcast to the internet and the world. So that is going to be all very exciting. We'll get to you next time. But Christian, your plugs, my friend. Time to get out of here. Yep. Uh, Cube Recording Studios, um, full functional studio. We do podcasts, you know, like we're doing right now, audio and video capable uh, music, whatever you name it, in this case, podcast. If you're interested in recording a podcast, you can reach out at cuberecordingstudios.com. Um, if you're not a do-it-yourselfer, you know, you heard that we have the expertise, we can handle everything for you. Cuberecordingstudios.com. And my name is Will Tarrish. It's T as in Thomas, A-R-A-S-H-U-K. Thank you so much for listening and watching in our how-to podcast series brought to you by Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. We'll see you next time, but until then, y'all take care. All right. How long we go? You don't think so? Okay. No shit. That was no way that was 58 minutes.